Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I think in those moments, he has the ability to make those plays. I think you know what someone like Jared Goff that he's not going to be able to make those plays. Like he's not going to be able to step up in a pocket, scramble. I watched him against the Niners and the Patriots. Sure. Um, and he just wasn't – you just knew he wasn't able to make those plays. I will say he's four years younger than Jimmy, so. Jared Goff, who's, by the way, Novato, I think, native. So. Shout out, Bay. Yeah, let's not, let's not go at But what, what I'm saying is I, I would define him – the Rams proved they could get to a Super Bowl with him, and he made some plays. That's and true. That's, that's all I'm saying with Jimmy at this point. I want to see him in those situations against a good team where they're like, I need Jimmy to lead us to a field goal right now. Like, there's no punting for the next drive. So you made a good point. Uh, I mean, not a good point, but this is the next discussion point for us because, you know, Jared Goff has Robert Woods and uh, uh, Cooper Cooper Cup didn't play towards ACL, but they have uh, Todd Gurley and then they had Brandon Cook. So they have a lot of weapons on offense. They have a great coach as do the great offensive coach as do the Niners. Um, The Niners finally got someone that's kind of on that level. Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. He's good. Um, and to me, I think everyone's saying they finally got a number one receiver. I think they already have a number one receiver is their tight end. Mm-hmm. I think they finally got a good receiver to go with him. So teams don't have, mm-hmm. can't double Kittle it, t- in some ways. It reminds me like who's been the number one receiver for the Patriots the last decade. Gronk. Oh, a decade. Yeah. Gronk yeah. has been the number one, but they always had Edelman. They had various receivers, so you couldn't just double enough. up on Gronk mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, they had nothing going. And watching this Niners team, I mean, I think you and I both like Debo Samuel, but he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it says a lot when your most, you know, maybe your most productive receiver is a rookie. That's not a good, that's not a good place yeah. to start. Um, Marquise Goodwin, he's just... He's kind of a guy. He's going to make some big plays. He's going to have some quiet games, but he's not a, a reliable guy. Mm-hmm. Manny Sanders, Manny Sanders is a guy who starts for every team in the league. Yeah, Emmanuel Sanders is not a number one receiver, but he's as good he's as a, of a number he's, two. He's not Julio. He's yeah, not um, right, right. He's not those guys, but he's still an upper-tier receiver. Yeah, he is. He is as good of a number two receiver as you can find. And watching some of the last couple games, even that Washington game where George Kittle is going down the middle and he's obviously um, – Jimmy G's favorite target, and they've got you know the safety, they've got the linebacker, they've got a they've got a a nickel corner looking at him the whole time. It's like my goodness, because other teams are not scared of Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis played a whole game and didn't get a catch, right? Dante Pettis is probably going to end up being like a decent receiver one day, maybe like a number three or two. But it's like it's his second season; he's not even close to being that finished product. So they really nobody is scared of those guys. And now, now you can do some interesting things. What if you put uh, Manny Sanders and Kittle on the same side? Who's the safety going to shade over? Now now he's got weapons. Now it's going to be interesting. I want to see more out of Jimmy. The schedule is going to get tougher. He got a receiver. Um, it's going to be interesting. Now I want to ask you, Andy, what are you expecting for, for Manuel Sanders this week? Because, I mean, he got traded on, was it Tuesday? Yeah. 
It's not it's not really realistic to um you know, the Niners are in a good spot where they're six and oh. It's not like they're three and three and they need him to contribute right now. They really need him to be on the same page come playoff time. Yeah. Um, but what do you expect in the short term? What do you expect in this? I, I do expect him to look like he's he's on the, like not exactly on the same page. By the way, somebody asked if Manny Sanders is good as Tyreek Hill. No, that probably not. No, uh, no, probably not. Uh, just because Tyreek Hill can finish a game in like three plays, and Emmanuel Sanders is more of a uh, not possession. But anyway, um, my expectation is that he's going to look like someone that has played for the Niners before. Um, he'll probably get, like, I would say somewhere in between four to six catches, depending on how many times they need to throw. He, the offensive coordinator for the Broncos, who he played on before, was, I believe, like the quarterback's coach for the Niners, like as much as last season. So some of the offense is going to be similar to Kyle Shanahan's. I uh, did read that he was still confused on a couple plays, but I think it's going to be fine. I don't see the transition being that big. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm going to be curious difficult. how many plays he's out there this week. If I had to, I mean. Half the snaps, maybe. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, Shanahan said, how much is he going to play? A lot. Um, I think we're, you know, probably a few weeks away from him playing every, you know, playing like a true number one receiver, which is he's out there like 80 to 90%. If they're losing. If they're losing. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things where you can't expect someone to know the full playbook in one week. Uh, so there'll be times where they just have to send other receivers in there because they want to run stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's and maybe that's the thing with, like, the Patriots too, right? The Patriots can never get a receiver, uh, especially they don't draft receivers or they try and it always fails because I think it's just they're just their offensive system is very it's, – it's great, but it's confusing. It's like Shanahan's. And so they need – guys need time. But also that also helps Sanders, who's someone who's a veteran for 10 years in the league. It's like he's he going to pick it up quicker yeah. than, than younger guys. Dante Pettis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. But let's transition back to the NBA. What do you think about that, Andy? Well, we did like 15 minutes of the, the Niners. We did pretty good. You're listening to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM, and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, we're entering the last hour here. If you want to join the show, 888-957-9570, or you can text the Chilton Auto Body text line, 95795. Um, so a week ago, before the season started, NBA.com released the GM survey, uh, polled all the GMs. We don't really know if the GMs entered it, but someone in the front office responded. Um, and it was just a variety of questions. So I kind of want to go down the list with some of these with you, Andy. Who will win the 2019-20 Kia MVP? The GMs went 52% Giannis. Number two was a three-way tie between Steph, AD, and Kawhi. And then fifth was Jokic with 7%. Where are you standing on that? I don't think Anthony Davis should be in there. I think that's someone that, I mean, unless LeBron James is going to spend all season saying how great Anthony Davis is, I just don't think that's a guy that wins MVP unless they win 60 games. Lakers not going to win 60 games. Um, so I would like to I, I don't think he is either because – it's just hard to be the MVP on the same team as LeBron. It's just factual. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, does he play enough games? He plays. He certainly looked like it the first two games. Yeah, like he can be the MVP, but I think a lot of this stuff is like, is Kawhi even going to play 70 games? I think he plays like 65, right? Like a slow management. He's not going to play all the games that you need to to win it. Win they a, are saying he's going to play more games this year, but he barely made it through last season. I'm kind of with you if. I can't see them making the decision between pushing him 
so he can win an MVP or resting him more so he can win a title yeah. choosing the MVP. Yeah. Love of the game. They're going to they're going to they're going to want to win the MVP instead of winning. Or sorry, want to win a title instead of winning the MVP. They do, baby. Yeah, you already know. <laughs> All right, but what the favorite? So Giannis. that gives me two. Do you like Giannis? Yeah, so I think that's that's so I think Giannis actually regresses. Um, they lost to the Heat tonight. And it's one game, but that's not a re- that's not an elite team. They won sixty something. They won sixty last year. Sixty last season. They don't. You think they might win like fifty four, fifty five this year? Maybe a little bit lower. Not not lower than that. I'm saying, but that's around there, right? Like I think fifty five to fifty eight, right? Okay, sixty is a good round number. It's like ooh, sixty wins. Like ooh. only team to win sixty. Yeah, exactly. So I think Steph should be right there. I think Steph should be just as close as winning MVP as Giannis. I do. Um, we just got news uh, at first from Wes Goldberg, who covers the team from the San Jose Mark. Kevon Looney is going to be out for a while. Some weird I guess, injury. I guess Looney's not winning the MVP. No. No, but that hurts Steph's chances because for Steph to win the MVP, they would need to be a very comfortable playoff team. And Well, do uh, they? This, this, yes, they do. Russell Westbrook. They were a six seed and won 48 games. 48 games. Do you think... The Warriors win 40. Anyway, this is a different subject. But I think Steph should be right up there. I think he should be right up there. I kind of like Jokic, who's number five in the voting right now. I God. think I think Denver may, may be a sneaky bet to do what Milwaukee did last year, which is win 60 games. If they win 60, we know who uh, who's going to get the lion's share of the credit there, rightfully. Nikola Jokic is your MVP pick, Sam. Well, I'm just going down this list. 60 games in the Western Conference, first off, is not going to happen. If they're the one seed. Let's go down this list, okay? If he, if Giannis regresses, so you're saying he won't win the MVP, okay? Anthony Davis, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. No chance. Mm-hmm. Well, not no chance. Little chance. <laughs> Kawhi, I'm also with you. I think he's going to sit 15 games. So that alone should probably eliminate him, even though he's probably the best player in the NBA right now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, yep. And that's a problem. You're correct. That's right. Um, and Steph, I think, he can, I think he can win the MVP. Uh, I don't think he can win the MVP if he has to play with Marquise Chris and four rookies. Um, so, I, you know, he's fighting an uphill battle, but I don't mind. I don't necessarily disagree with Steph being a guy who may have a shot. Uh, the Rock, You know, the other guys listed, LeBron, wouldn't surprise me. The Lakers win a lot of games. We know. There's a segment of the media who really wants to uh, build the legacy. Correct. Up. Correct. Um, James Harden. I don't know. I can't see Harden winning it next to Westbrook. Can you? All he does is want to win an MVP, Sam. Please don't take that away from him. <laughs> it's been taken away from him many times. <laughs> don't take that away from him. Come on. He's he's there. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a good case. You're making a good case because – I think of it's, these, it's it's sneakily wide open because everyone has kind of a fatal flaw. Mm-hmm. I, I think you I think you make it's like a lot of these guys are on are playing with other Robins right that are that are going to siphon away and the Robins that are really good like I don't consider LeBron James really a Robin because he's really good. He's not really a Robin, but he's going to siphon away votes that way. With Nikola Jokic, who's going to take votes away? And Paul Murray, exactly not. And so the Nuggets. Our regular season team, in my opinion, they are the epitome of the regular of a regular season team. They don't have a great defense, but they have great home court. They have good depth, and they have a really good system that should take them to at least fifty five wins. At least, by the at way, least. the uh, Rockets. Harden's having another terrible game. Ooh, what's going on there? Seven for twenty two. 
Two of 15 from three. Jeez. Five assists, seven turnovers. Uh, but Russ, on the other hand, has been efficient. They are up four points against the Pelicans for those who want to keep track. Pelicans are looking pretty sneaky even without Zion. That's oh, yeah. going to be a tough one for the Warriors. Yeah, the Pelicans look really good. That That's a team It's like you, you play fantasy football, basketball, whatever, post-hype sleepers. They've got a lot of post-hype sleepers on yes. that team. A lot of guys. They're a team that if you're a league pass person, they're one of the four or five teams you're always flipping to. It's very fun. Alvin Gentry is doing a great job. By the way, Alvin Gentry, Warriors miss him right now. Warriors miss Alvin Gentry right now. I don't, I don't think Alvin Gentry would be saying we got to play it through Marquise Chris in the elbows. <laughs> I, that's just my that's just my thought. Uh, Gentry, one of the smartest uh, offensive minds uh, in the league uh, today, and he's he's just a really good person. And uh, it, it would have been uh, really fun to see what he could have done with this offense. But yeah, the Pelicans they're going to be fun this season. Ingram and Lonzo, guys that the Lakers let get away, uh, those guys are going to be good NBA players. Um, by the way, Brandon Ingram, 13 for 18, 32 points, 10 rebounds tonight. He's going to be good, man. He is good. He's good, yeah. Actually, oh, 6 5 oh, this is interesting. Luka should be in the MVP stop, top. Stop, stop, stop. I mean, he's been stop. absurd the first two games. He is good, but now nah, a couple years too early. He is really good, though, huh? I, I, I wasn't too sold on, uh, on Luka Doncic that first year. I don't know why I was not a believer. I wasn't, but he is. He is fantastic. Him and Chris Stops are going to be... I think Luke is amazing. Yeah. Uh, but no, a second-year player is not winning the MVP. Trey Young is one of my favorite young players. Well, they're both good. I mean, why they didn't go 1-2 in some order in the draft. But, hey, if you're a team who's always in the lottery, of course you take a big who can't defend or shoot, right? Um, <laughs> moving a- it forward, if you were to start a franchise today and could sign any player in the NBA, who would it be? Number one, again, Giannis. Number two, Anthony Davis, tied with Luka. And that's that's it. That's all the GM said. I feel like the GMs always kind of pick it, someone under twenty five. Like if you're starting a franchise today, okay, you're not taking LeBron or Steph, right? Because you're you're thinking ten, you know, you're thinking ten years down the road. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should that's, be like, man, I, I just kind of I want a guy for the next three years. I want to win a title. Exactly. That that that's my that's my take. What if you want to win a title in the first three years of being a GM and you don't make it to year eight because little, you're going to get a, fired. It's a little high on AD for me too. Yeah. I mean, there's some young guys I would take over him. Um, Ooh. Like who? A Luca for one. He's a 20 year old. You would rather have Luca Doncic to start your franchise than Anthony Davis. This is not even a question. Not even a question. Unreal. One of them. One of them is a six, eight wing who averages basically a triple double and can shoot from anywhere. The other is a big man. The other is a big man who can shoot threes, defend the rim, affect both sides of the court. Can he shoot threes? Yes, he can shoot threes. Why does he only shoot 30% on them? I'm okay with that. He's a floor stretcher. You you watch the other defending team, they're going to guard him out to the three-point line. He can play both sides of the ball. So he's like Kevin Durant. Why does he never make the playoffs? Got a lot of injured players around him. He plays with an all-star caliber guard. The one time he did make the playoffs, two times. One, he got swept by Steph because it's the Warriors. And the other time he beat... Uh, Portland team, like what? I don't know. As a six seed, it's a lower team, and you then do, played you the do Warriors. You know they had a one game difference in record, right? One one forty nine, one one forty eight games. We're on the radio, Sam. We're not worried about facts. Anthony, by the way, Luka Doncic, did he make the playoffs? He was nineteen. I will take the upside. Should have still kid. made the playoffs. I will take the upside of the kid so much more. There He's, is still upside to Anthony Davis. It's not like you're getting a player unta- who doesn't want to play his. Best position. Let's be. Let's be now, real. Now that's a problem. Let's be real. Yeah. I, I'm going to take the the guy I can build around. I also want a ball handler. So, um, and the text line's right on all these things. So, 
Um, text you know, line, text I'm line trying is to not think. Some of the other play- If I was to take a big man, by the way, I've come over to the Andy Luke camp of Towns. Uh, I might even take Embiid over AD too. I I like Anthony Davis, and I, I like that. I do like. I, just to be clear, he's an excellent player, but. I am a fan of Car Anthony Towns. I really like Car Anthony Towns. It seems like this is the year he realized he needed to shoot the ball a lot more than Wiggins. <laughs> Did like, you literally, that's the only change they made on their offense this year. It was, I'm going to take more shots than Wiggins. And he's still not. But, I mean, it's like you're watching him. It's like Towns, 12 for 20 for 35 points. So Wiggins, good. 6 for 20, 15 points. Carnathan Towns is so good. Now, now you talk about a shooter, right? Like Anthony Davis, he may may be a shooter, but like Carnathan Towns is a legit shooter. Like that guy, that guy can shoot. So, yeah, Carnathan Towns. This is a great discussion. We'll, we'll we'll get back to this in the latter part of the hour. We've got Connor Connor Laterno from the Chronicle coming up next. Uh, you are you are listening to Warriors World Radio, Andy Liu and Samus Fendiar. Warriors World Radio continues on 95.7 The Game. Here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. That's big. That's, that's big. You love to hear it. You love to hear that. We're back. Hour three, we've got about, we're going straight to the end, right? We're going straight to like 7.53 and 43 seconds or something like that. Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari, we've been talking Warriors, Niners. Right now, we've got Connor Letourneau from the SF Chronicle. Connor, how's it going? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's, uh, what's, how's the new chase? I was there, you know, on game one, but you've been, you've been there all season. They got free food now? Yeah, free food. That's the big perk for me. Uh, that's what I'm excited about. Food's not only free, but it's better. Um, you know, it's beautiful. I, I, I think it's definitely lived up to the hype. There's some a few kinks that they have to work out logistically, which is to be, to be expected from any new arena. But outside of the commute, I'm an East Bay guy. Um, it's been great. So Lakeham's grand plan is to get you all fattened up on the new ice cream. So you write very flattering cream, things about the, the cookies, the brownies at, at halftime. You know. How it so the Warriors are winning fifty-two games, correct? Uh, I think maybe sixty-two. But, you know. What is? Uh, I, I just retweeted your tweet. What is going on with Kevon Looney? This seems some, like something that is a real problem for for the, the wording. Does not sound great. No. It doesn't. Uh, I mean, right now he's only being ruled out for this road trip these next two games. But the way Steve was talking, you got to think it's going to be significantly longer. Um, They, you know, Steve was expressing how horrible he feels for Gabon and, and, you know, how much this really hurts going forward given their finish situation. And just knowing Steve, he doesn't kind of layer it on that thick unless he's genuinely concerned. I, I think. They don't really know what to make of this situation. It's a neuropathic uh, condition, which those of you who aren't familiar with that, I wasn't until earlier today. It's basically a nerve issue where um, your nerve tissue is is damaged in some way and it can affect other parts of your body. And so apparently it's affecting his hamstring, his right hamstring right now. Um, You know, he missed 
the entire preseason with a hamstring issue and then re-aggravated it uh, early in the game Thursday, and apparently that stems from a neuropathic issue. So they're meeting with specialists, and there's an entire team convening along with the team doctors, and they're going to try to come up with a plan for him. But this is not good news uh, when there's this much uncertainty about, about a key player like this his health, because you guys know the situation at center. Willie Cauley-Stein's out with the foot issue. Alan Smilegich is out with the ankle issue. Um, they're going to start Marcus Chris tomorrow. Um, and then Omari Spellman's going to be backing him up. And those are, those guys are both basically power forwards. So uh, not an ideal situation this early in the season. Wow. Is this, is this at all similar to what Kawhi Leonard was dealing with, with the Spurs. That's the only thing I can think of that sounded remotely like this, but that's just me kind of reading what you wrote and listening to what you said. Yeah, that's kind of where my mind went to. Uh, I don't remember the details of that situation, except that there was just a lot of uncertainty. Um, I, and when, you're, when you have a situation like this that's neuropathic, so from my brief uh, studying of it, it can be really hard to predict what's going to get inflamed next and what's uh, the actual root cause of it because basically it's a nerve issue that signals the wrong pain signals to different parts of your body. So it can spring up really anywhere. I guess right now it's in the hamstring, but you wonder if they figure out the hamstring, if that's going to cop up somewhere else. Apparently, this has been an issue Kavan's been dealing with for a couple of years, kind of under the radar. So, um, you know, the fact that we're just hearing about it now probably speaks to how well he's been handling it. But you've got to think that if they're taking these, this level of precaution and putting out a press release the way they did, uh, they are legitimately concerned about it. That is a huge blow. Um <laughs> Well, I guess until we know more, there's not much else to say other than, you know, obviously it's not a good thing for the Warriors. Uh, their other big man that we assumed would get the bulk of the center minutes, Willie Cauley-Stein, um, how close is he? Yeah, he's making good progress as far as I can tell. He uh, he practiced down in Santa Cruz with their G League affiliates today. Um, he's been getting some individual on-court work for the past week. Um, he's getting reevaluated Thursday by team doctors. I think it's within the realm of possibility that he could come back shortly thereafter, um, which would be a huge boon for, for this front court. Obviously he was the projected starter entering the season. Um, he's really their only, only prototypical center. Um, and so especially with Kavan out an indefinite amount of time, that would be a huge. And, and I asked Steve about Willie today and, and, Steve went out of his way multiple times to say, we just really need Willie to come back. So they're eager. They're just going to kind of hodgepodge it for the next few games until he comes back. But that will help so much. Yeah, that's uh, it is fascinating how much they need a Willie Cauley-Stein, who the Sacramento Kings let go. Uh, Sacramento Kings not looking great this season. Uh, probably one of the teams that are back in the lottery. Um, but give us some good news here. Um because Steph Curry didn't look great in game one, but surely there's a rebound coming soon. But what were your thoughts about what they look like against the Clippers? Because, I mean, the Clippers look like they're going to win the title. They look like, you know, by far the favorites. And, and you know, the, the Warriors, about a 10-point, you know, give or take pretty much the whole game until the Clippers decided to just turn on the Jets. Kind of like the Warriors used to do. 
Um, so, yeah, w- what were your kind of thoughts on game one there? Yeah, honestly, it didn't it didn't really surprise me. I was talking to people before the game, and I said, honestly, they're probably going to lose by at least 20. Just being being around this team every day in training camp, seeing overall vibe, you, you, could, you could sense just an apprehension, a nervousness. They know they knew that there was a lot of work to do with with nine newcomers with so much uh, youth on that roster. It's going to be a work in progress, and to start the season on that stage against a team like the Clippers, even though they are without Paul George, was going to be tough. Now that being said, the defense was downright atrocious. Obviously, giving up 46 points in that third quarter uh, that is that is a little scary. Just thinking about what that could mean for their season if, if they can't significantly improve that and then the other thing was just stepping some help i mean uh, the clippers have always been aggressive defensively and they just absolutely attacked and blitz after blitz and steph is a future hall of famer but he is just a human being and, and he was struggling for stretches of the, stretches of that game and you got to wonder what steve can really queue up to help him i mean outside of more screens they don't really have enough scoring options to to really warrant a lot of defensive attention outside of uh outside of D'Angelo Russell one thing that will help that we haven't talked about is Alec Burks might come back tomorrow and and he's actually probably their third best scorer outside of Steph and D'Angelo Russell so that might take the load off a little bit for Steph um so yeah you mentioned obviously the Clippers look like not just the best defense, but the best team in the league. And, you know, that's going to be a problem for Steph. What things do you think they can do beyond Alex Burke coming back to kind of free up Steph? Because this team's going to kind of go as he goes. Yeah, I think obviously they're, they're going to get creative with, with how they, they use Steph and pick and roll situations and just different type of ISO situations and, and being creative with how they use picks. Uh, but the big thing for me is they need D'Angelo Russell to be a consistent threat because he has shown in his brief time with the Warriors that he can fill it up for, for stretches, but he needs to keep the pedal on the metal and, and keep it going over the course of a full game. You know, he started out Thursday and he scored the Warriors' first 10 points, and then he missed his next seven shots. And it really feels like, they are at their best, Steph and D'Angelo are at their best when they're operating on their own, when they're not necessarily working in tandem. They need to be able to be dynamic as a duo, and that will help Steph so much if if they learn to how to, if they really learn how to complement each other and work out each other's strengths. Now, that's going to take time. I still think it's possible, but it's still very much a work in progress. Um. The other Warriors uh, core player we haven't really discussed, Draymond Green. Uh, it sounds like the nerve thing in his elbow was just kind of a one-time thing. Uh, but are they at all concerned about him? Because between preseason and that first game, he has not looked all that much like Draymond Green. Yeah, you know, I'm not sure if, if anyone in the organization is worried. Uh, but one thing I will say, just having covered – uh, Draymond for going on four years now. He is a guy who needs stakes. He's a guy who who needs uh, something to play for. And I've just noticed a different element to his personality this entire preseason into the regular season. He 
I don't think he's excited about the fact that he's in somewhat of a rebuilding situation, that he's having to kind of play that mentor role for a bunch of young guys who maybe aren't necessarily ready to play as many minutes as they're playing. Uh, he's obviously a guy who's the ultra, ultimate competitor and used to winning throughout his life. And I, I, I wonder, you know, how he's going to handle mentally having to, you know, potentially navigate a bunch of losses this season. And I, I also wonder how he's going to handle a hold up physically, you know, having to play big minutes and having to be out there night in and night out. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see, but that's a huge question mark I have. And the other thing is nothing against Draymond, but I kind of feel like he's a guy whose uh, his strengths are really accentuated or, or maximized when he's around other great players. And now that he's not surrounded by as many all-star caliber players, I wonder if he can tap into his true potential as often. Yeah, that that's a tough one. Uh, we've got Connor Letourneau on SF Chronicle, who just said that Draymond's probably going to request a trade uh, from the Warriors because they're not winning <laughs> enough. So you know. you're going to get people fired, <laughs> and that's just not nice. <laughs> the producers are looking at me like, "What? What just happened?" No, no, no. Come on, I'm joking. People are just going to cut like that clip right there and just send it on the timeline. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Dray, people are worried about Draymond, uh, his play, but really, you know, he, Sam was saying earlier, kind of with a situation where, you know, he basically had to yell at Glenn Robinson to get out of the corner so that Steph Curry can shoot a three. Um, and it was the right play, but he also had to kind of tell the guy to do that, right? He also, and, and that's going to happen a lot more. Um, the season really offensively and especially on defense. So he can't guard anyone or he can't guard everyone. Kevon Looney being out for a while here, it's going to be even tougher. Um, do you think, my question for you is, do you think, cause Steph Curry, or sorry, Steve Kerr came out in the, uh, after the game, after the blowout and said, Hey, you know, we'll get used to it. You know, this might happen a lot this season. What's with that? What was with that message? I think he's just kind of trying to manage expectations. Uh, and, and we've seen him do that in other ways this season, the way he came out and used the word unlikely, talking about Clay's return. I don't think that necessarily meant that they really believe there's a more than 50% chance that Clay won't return this season. I think that was just Steve trying to kind of get ahead of the curve and quiet a lot of the speculation about you know, Clay coming back on on a on a white horse and saving the team, getting them to the playoffs. I think, you know, his comment post game Thursday was kind of along that same vein where he was just saying, you know what, there this could be a tough year. You know, we we this could be our reality. Not saying we're going to lose by twenty plus every night, but you know, there's going to be a lot of growing pains. And you know, Steve is a guy who wants to under promise and over deliver. So. Um, but I also think that there is an element of just kind of ex- not acceptance, but just coming to re- coming to grips with reality, which is this this probably is going to be a transitional year. As much as everyone wanted to say, oh, let's you know just keep things together enough for Clay to come back. The reality is, we're already seeing. You guys just talked about the fact that we're talking this much about the importance of Willie Cauley-Stein coming back from a foot injury speaks to how epically fragile this team is. Um, And there are going to be other injuries. There are going to be other setbacks. And here we are entering game two, and uh, some people are already sounding the alarms. That's 
that's uh, that's just what this this season is going to be, and I think Steve's bracing like bracing for that, just like everyone else is. Yeah, it, it um, a lot, a lot of people are are kind of expecting a lottery team now uh, at this point after game one. But hey, that's part of being on the radio. That's part of being a fan. I think it's I think it's good. Um, my my upside thoughts here, and I want to hear hear you on this. Is this team should have enough offense to make it to make them a playoff team? Do you think that D'Angelo Russell can take that step? Because that's really what they're going to need here. I mean, the more guys that sit out, um, they really need D'Angelo Russell to take that step. Steph is going to be Steph, um, but do you think he has that ability? Do you think the Warriors will? Do you think the Warriors will allow him to tap into that ability? Because I think a lot of the season is riding on Steve Kerr as well. Yeah, I think they're going to ask Steph to be Steph as much as possible until it gets past a certain point where it's just clear that they're not going to make the playoffs and there's no real point in pushing him any further. I mean, there, there's been no, there's been no uh, plan set for, for rest days or load management because they realize that to even make the playoffs, they're probably going to need Steph to play at an MVP caliber this season. Um, and so they're, they're going to only change that expectation if it becomes clear that they need to. Um, but I think you make a good point about D'Angelo Russell. I think he he really needs to be a potent number two option on a consistent basis because the reality of the situation is that this team is not going to be good defensively. I mean, they just they don't have enough defensive pieces. Uh, they lost, what, probably four of their top five defensive players from last season. Their only proven defender is Draymond Green. Um, who's their second-best defender? Kevon Looney, who's now injured. So who's the second-best healthy defender? Lynn Robinson the third. I mean, that's that's the situation. It might be, it might be stuff. Mean, it might be stuff. They need, they're, they're just hoping to not be a bottom-10 defense. That's the only way they're going to have a chance to make the playoffs because I do think they're going to score plenty, but they're going to be so poor defensively that it might not even matter. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Connor, are you on the – are you on the road trip? Are you in OKC right now? Yeah, I'm at every single game, guys. Well, I didn't. I don't know if they're you know skimping on you on the early road trips or anything <laughs> here. So, what does a beat writer do in OKC on a Saturday night? <laughs> I love that. Um, good question. I, I have a, I actually have a couple of friends in Oklahoma City randomly, so I'm going to see them. But um, no clubs, huh? Not, you know, actually, Oklahoma City has a few good bars and restaurants. There's a there's a Bricktown district right next to the arena that's actually kind of fun. So I actually think that Oklahoma City is underrated in that department. Yeah. yeah. Top, what are, what are your top five uh, road trip cities for for a beat guy who's there just for one night? What are your top five stops? Uh, well, New York City, number one, obvious. Uh, number two, Toronto. I absolutely love Toronto. Uh, number three. New Orleans, for obvious reasons. Um, number four, L.A. I wow, L.A. LA. four. Oof. Yeah, I think I'd LA. probably have L.A. outside of my top five because I've been there. Well, you've been enough there times. Too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that for sure. Um, but, Miami. You know, if you're on a NBAB for long enough, you're, you've been to all these cities enough times that it doesn't really matter. Number five, kind of up to for grabs. I like Chicago. I like. Um, I actually like some of the smaller cities like uh, like Memphis and, and places like that. So that one's really four on on down. It is kind of 
debatable. Wow. So Connor Letourneau, SF Chronicle, he enjoys Memphis as well as Oklahoma City. All right. I, I like some good barbecue. What can I say? Yeah, that's true. I actually have never had it. I, I'm missing out. I need to do that. Well, hey, <laughs> thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we'll have you on soon. I appreciate it. All right. Appreciate it, guys. Houston Astros hit a grand slam. You know, if I – neither you or I have done the beat. Um, I think we're – you know, would you ever be up for it, Andy? Forget I, forget the uh, – the idea where everyone has to consider, you know, compensation and that sort of stuff. Would you Would you be up for doing it? Uh, you know, real quick. All guests appear on the Dialpad guest line. Dialpad helps you make smarter calls, connect your team with a business communication platform that powers voice, video, messages, and meetings across your existing devices. Um, that's a great question. You know, I actually interviewed for a job at uh, San Jose. I guess we had Wes Goldberg on earlier. Uh, San Jose Mer- the Bay Area News Group? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Marcus Thompson, who... Love Marcus. He's my favorite. Um, he referred me over there and was like, hey, if you want to – this was 2015, I want to say, uh, 2016, 2015. Hey, if you want to interview for a job, like I put in a great word for you, probably get it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Just – I mean, that compensation, yeah. I just I, I was younger. I wanted to get my career started. But my goodness, can you imagine all the games? Like I'm not a guy that wants to be in Memphis, be- Sam. I think it'd be fun, but see the I, world see, I'm trying bit. to. I'm trying to. Every, everyone who has done it has has come from the same. You know, the charm wears off quickly when you're just going from airport to airport. So I think the take is that hey, if you do it for it's like quitting a job and traveling, right? You do it for a year or two, a year. Hey, amazing, right? You you needed to do that, um, but it's not sustainable. So I guess same with being a beat reporter is hey, you do it for a year or two, it's great, but really not sustainable. I, I don't know. Like, can you imagine? Like, I think being a baseball beat writer is probably the hardest one. Can you imagine that I actually, one? I actually disagree. No, I think baseball is easier than basketball because baseball they do series. Mm-hmm. You go to you're in two cities a week, mm-hmm. so you're in Houston Monday through Thursday. Then you go to Kansas City Friday through Saturday. But if you have a family, you know, yeah, kids. Well, or... there's that's a reason most most beat people are under thirty five. Yeah, okay, it's fair. like you. You start there, and the but anyway, what I'm saying is, baseball. You kind of you're spending three to four days in a city. Basketball has got to be the worst because you travel every other day, and you are, you know, you're only in the city for a day and a half. I do, I do think it's. I'm so glad you asked. I do think I would. I do regret it if I had a choice to do it again. I'd probably do it for like a year. I think it's worth it to try it out for a year to go to all the cities. Like me at 23 in Miami. Relax. Harden. I just want to make friends with Draymond Green and relax, see Harden. <laughs> you're, like, you're like Harden during the 2012 Finals here, <laughs> showing up, showing up to the games, not in the best game shape. Never in the best game shape. But All right, well. we got we got 15 minutes. I want to use those 15 minutes. Let's let's go back to that NBA GM list. So NBA GMs voted on various questions, and NBA.com published it right before the season started. Um, we did the MVP. They have. 52% say Giannis will win MVP. You and I kind of, I don't know. Let, let's go back to this, actually. I, I think it's interesting there's no one with a strong, compelling case right now, or everyone has a fatal flaw. Giannis, Milwaukee looks like they could be regressing. They regress, not going to look good for him. Steph, Steph might be playing with G Leaguers by December. <laughs> that, not a good sign, you know? Um, AD, it's 
I don't think you or I could see another player on a LeBron team winning the MVP. Particularly if LeBron's playing the point guard and everything's run through him. Then we've I, got could see, I could see AD winning defensive player of the year, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying he will, but I could see that happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you got Kawhi, who is Mr. Load Management. I mean, I think Kawhi could win the MVP if he plays 72 games. Yeah, he's played three in a row. He's playing right now. It's three games in a row. Yeah, I mean, it's a. So, we'll, you know, we'll see if he plays that many we'll see, games. Right? Yeah, we'll see. Um, you got your guy next. Then there's Jokic, who, like, he might have a better case just because everyone I mentioned above might not have as good a case as we think. Uh, it might honestly be LeBron, though. I think if the Lakers get, like, a three seed, two or three seed. Gonna go LeBron. Yeah, you think there's enough momentum there? LA media. It's LeBron James. It's. I mean, it's gonna be his last MVP, right? Like he's he's getting to the tail end of his career. They want to give him one. He probably should have won a few more than he has. Like Derrick Rose. Like come on. Um. So maybe they want to give him like a lifetime MVP achievement award kind of thing. I'm not saying that I'm that that I would do well, I'm it. Just, it's it's just very wide open. There's not like. I mean, he has. The I don't narrative. see it. no one on Philly's listed. I guess Embiid. Yeah, no. Nah. But I don't know. No. Um, he's he's already enough. missing games yeah. too. Yeah. So Dame's got a like Dame's in the Steph situation, right? Like he's not as good as Steph, but he needs a team that wins like fifty eight games, and they're just not good enough. If you're starting a franchise today and could sign any player, one with eighty six percent, Giannis eighty six percent of thirty votes, I believe is twenty four. Good math. And then the other two with three votes each were AD and Luka Doncic. It's basically like best players under 25 you'd want to build around. Giannis, Are they missing anyone? Is Giannis. there anyone under not listed in those three you'd rather have you'd you'd want to have? Maybe not more, but like someone else you should think about. Like, I mean, Trey Young's exciting, but I'm not. Trey Young had 39, nine and seven. But I'm not though. taking him over these guys. Yeah. Well, I just think it's it's a little much to have Luka in there uh, as a top three guy. Second year in the league. Yeah, he's great. But six six eight point guard who can shoot from the logo. Listen, I hope a wing. I hope if you're six eight and you're a wing. Slash here's point my, here's guard, my you Luke, can play here's some my defense. here's my Luca take. <coughs> he's he's hardened. He's hardened three inches taller without the club addiction. Jeez. I take that. Seven forty two p.m. It came till hour three, but we're here. We're <laughs> here. Right, now we're under the next one. Just to recap for the people who missed us an hour ago on it. All right. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season? Um, the so this is actually pretty widespread. No one got twenty percent of the vote. Yeah, um, I mean literally, they listed everyone. <laughs> My favorite one is someone voted LeBron James. I don't even know what that means. Like, what's LeBron going to do this year? It's like ah. Now he's hit another level. Not five, not six, not seven. <laughs> you think Rob Palenka voted? Do you think Rob Palenka was like, hey, LeBron James? Yes. Please don't leave. Please don't please leave. Only, please don't leave. Uh, um, who, who are you, who's your favorite? I, I got a couple guys. Well, we should, we should list them. So De'Aaron Fox, that would have been maybe my vote before the season started, but the Kings are off to a terrible start. Terrible. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. Um, no. Maybe next year. Let's let's get Memphis get a little more talent around him. Yep. I think he'll be good, but yeah. Uh Jason Tatum. Mm, I like Tatum, but you know, maybe not. The uh, next guy is the guy. Ingram? That's the guy. That's well, the guy. And also on the receiving votes is Lonzo Ball. So Yeah, but Ingram, he's got the ability to average like twenty five points. Ooh, I like this from the text line, Donovan Mitchell. 
I don't know if we count him as a breakout, but he's had two really efficient games to start the season. If he makes All-Star this year, correct. is it officially a breakout? That is. If he's if he's an All-Star in the West, that is a breakout. Because that he, means he, he's... He might because, I mean, okay, Steph, mm-hmm. no clay. Um, Harden, probably Russ and Dame. Mm-hmm. That's four. Probably take two more. There's there's a I mean they'll take one more guard at least maybe two. There's yeah. a chance there. Yeah, maybe. But that 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 means he'd have to be obviously the number one offensive option on the Utah Jazz and the closer on the Utah Jazz, well, which he, is. he might be. He is already. Well, he is the closer, but is he the closer on that team, right? I mean, like against Houston, he kind of choked. Uh, but that's yeah, too but expected. Yeah, we should we should say last year he was playing with Rubio Correct. and Crowder, Correct. two guys that Warrior fans will know what it's like to play with good players who don't get guarded on defense. Correct. And Donovan Mitchell's not Steph Curry, so correct. <laughs> kind of constricted him. Um, now he's got two guys who can shoot the ball in Mike Conley and Bogdanovich. At minimum, you have to guard him. You're not going to leave Mike Conley wide open. Yeah. Yeah. No, uh, Mitchell is a good one. Uh, I like ben- Brandon Ingram, I think, is a good I like Ingram, one. too. Ingram might be the one. Why is Zach Collins on here, Sam? Um... Shay, that's we'll, it. we'll see Shay tomorrow. Shay's 20. a great one because he's on a really good basketball team if they stay together. But he's in a good situation. Siakam's silly because he just won most improved. <laughs> um, and then Devin Booker. I mean, I don't know. Is is the breakout season mean it's the year he's going to start playing defense? Yeah, some of these guys. Oh, we got some good questions coming up next. Go with the next one. Who's the best point guard in the NBA? Ninety percent for Steph. That's twenty-seven out of thirty GMs. Now we got to find the two GMs th- who didn't vote for him. One voted for LeBron, which is kind of a, tr- a you can't argue it. Rob Palenka is just unreal. You can't argue LeBron is not the best point guard in the NBA if you consider him a point guard. But I just don't know if he, you know, you know. Um, and then two uh, one, two GMs voted for Damian Lillard. I love me some Dame, but come on, come on, come on. Come on. The text line saying Cantavius Caldwell Pope for most improved player. Yeah, that's uh, um kick him out. Block him. Can't do it. Block him. <laughs> no, nah, this is my line. new favorite texter. I want him to call in. Call in guy. Nine two five. Who's a nine two where's nine two five? Uh nine two five number. Um best shooting guard in the NBA. Uh eighty six for Harden, seven percent for Paul George. Paul George is a shooting guard? Yeah, if Kawhi's small forward, I mean, it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah, it make no sense. We just put anybody at shooting guard at that point. But James Harden is the best. Would shooting you guard. rather have Harden or Paul George? I know which one you'd rather have on the Warriors team. What am but I? What am I doing? What am I doing with with these guys? Am I starting a franchise? I think if your end goal is to win a title, which would you rather have? I think James Harden is better. He's better. I think James Harden is better, and I'd rather have the better player. I, I, I'd rather you're have you're the killing one. me, Sam. That is so tough. You're I'd ki- rather have the one that I know will show up, even if he's just, even if he probably can't win a title as your number one guy. I think Paul George can win a title as the number two, though. As he the, is, is the Clay Thompson? Yeah, he's going to win a title this season as the number two. So, um, oh, good one from the text line. Trey Young, most improved. There you go. That wouldn't be a. That's not bad either. I think Trey can make All Star in the East this year. He uh, spelled the name right, though, huh? Trey with the T-R-A-Y. We can do better than that. Best small forward. Now it's getting spicy. 62 took Kawhi. Only 24 took LeBron. 14% voted Giannis. Uh, 
So 14% of the GMs don't know what position Giannis plays. <laughs> um, Sam is are we ready to say Kawhi's better than LeBron? Kawhi's better than LeBron. Andy Lou going on the record? Kawhi's it's officially time? Yeah, Kawhi's better than LeBron. Kawhi's better than LeBron. Kevin Durant is better than LeBron. Giannis is not better than LeBron. But, uh, yeah, those guys are better than LeBron. They've been better than LeBron for the last two years. Well, Kawhi. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't count Kawhi the last two years ago. But Kevin Durant's been better player than LeBron for the past three years. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, best power forward. By the way, the funniest thing about this is LeBron is in the top three in three different positions, <laughs> which kind of sums up why he's still really, really good. Yeah. Uh, best power forward. Giannis, 59%. AD, 28%. Wrong position. LeBron, 10%. Oh, shout out the GM who voted LaMarcus Aldridge. 3%. You think RC, that's Polinka? You think that's, you think I think that's Polinka. Polinka again? I think it's Polinka. I think he sees LaMarcus Aldridge might be coming up as a free agent. <laughs> and he's just trying to collect players who all want to play the same position. Rob Polinka is blowing this NBA survey out of the water. He is crushing it. It's, it's got to be Gian- Giannis or LeBron, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be. It's, it's probably LeBron. <laughs> By the way. You know who would love LaMarcus Aldridge? Uh, a Stephen Kerr. <laughs> he would love LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, I see Marquise Chris is starting tomorrow. I would love LaMarcus Aldridge. So, so let's not let's not get too picky right now, my man. That's true. Let's throw him that max. Huh? Let's throw him another one. You even know how the salary cap works. But oh, we're gonna the get a- him. the Astros up eight one with the bases loaded. Look like they're gonna get um, the Nationals back for that game two beating max scherzer against garrett cole can you name a better two starters in the league it's incredible i i know what i'm doing tomorrow night yeah that is that is going to be a fantastic game sorry sorry sunday night football yeah well who's out mahomes not playing by the way mahomes these by the way the kansas the nfl has got to do a better job than this guy dislocated his kneecap or something he's practicing and they wouldn't rule him out until friday that is embarrassing that is absolutely embarrassing. Well, teams make those decisions, but um, we got to do better than that. I I don't even know how he's practicing. <laughs> it's true. Like I would if I read a report like he's rehabbing. He's he's yeah, he's yeah. on the bike. I'd be like, okay, yeah. Well, the team ruled him out. They ended up ruling him out. But that's like, come on. Let's All go right. down this best list. center. This one's actually interesting. Yeah, Jokic one, Embiid two, AD three, and then receiving votes, Giannis. <laughs> Says says something about his versatility. I mean, he's he'd be dominant center. Um, Towns and Towns receiving votes. So let's let's take Giannis off of this because not center. Those four centers, they're the four best in the NBA, right? We're not forgetting anyone. No. Yeah, those are the four best in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Drummond, Drummond came through the airwaves here in my ear. Andre Drummond, <laughs> thirty and twenty, game one of the season. I mean, he's nice, but. Not on this not on this level. I think Jokic is right. I think the GMs are right. I think Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA. I do. I think Joel Embiid is good, but you know, a couple things. Can't stay healthy, can't shoot. I think Jokic is the one out of these guys who's most suited to be the first option the guy you build a team around. These other guys, you need a perimeter player feeding them. Like Embiid Embiid needs a perimeter guy who can create. Yeah, Ben Simmons kind of perfect for that. Except for the no shooting. Yeah, that's right. Okay, shooting, yeah. So, yeah. So not actually not perfect for it in any way. Um, <laughs> AD is interesting because he's probably the best defender of the bunch when he's locked in. 
Yeah, he didn't just because he can, just because he can. I mean, he can guard point guards. Yeah. Um. Towns. Towns is finally playing up to his potential consistently right now. It is Towns the best offensive player of this bunch? He's definitely the best scorer. When you throw uh-huh. in the fact that Jokic is like one of the three best passers in the league, it's a little there you go more interesting. There you go. It's like it's like comparing LeBron to KD in some ways. Like LeBron can't score like KD could score, you know. But then when you consider he can just control the game with his passing, it's hard to. And I'm talking about when they're both in their primes. I'm not talking about in 2018 when it was very clear KD was better. Would you – the Warriors are going to be – because this is Warriors World Radio. You know, the Warriors are going to be – got a few minutes here. I want to get your take on this, Sam. A couple guys are going to be free agents here, or they can request a trade. Mainly, I'm thinking about Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns. I think AD's probably going to re-sign it in L.A. They're both a, cho- a ways away. If you had a choice, I mean, if you had a choice. By the way, the text line brings up Porzingis. Let's see him have a full healthy year, but sure, he has the potential to be on that list too. Who would you rather have on the Warriors? Embiid or Towns? I think those would be the two options, correct? I, I know Steph loves Embiid. Embiid loves Steph. I know Carl Anthony Towns. I just like Carl Anthony Towns, so I just throw it in. But he might not be happy in Minnesota. I mean, he's the best shooting big man I've ever seen. Uh-huh. And, and he doesn't just shoot. He's also got inside game. And he can be a good defender on a good team, on a smart team. So who would you rather have? I mean, my cop-out answer is I'll take whichever one. Correct. <laughs> I'm, cool, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, I mean, Embiid's elite defensively. But Embiid has never played 70 games. Yeah. I think I'd take Towns. Towns is – I mean, has Towns ever been hurt? Never. Knock on wood. That, never. You know? Yeah. Good for him. Um, I think I'd take Towns. I think you can coach up some defense – I think a couple years from now, Draymond's not going to be Draymond anymore, but I think he, he's still smart enough to coach. I think you turn him into a good defender, but that skill set is perfect with, you know, Clay Thompson I mean, and that Steph. skill set's perfect with every team. With every team. Except for the Timberwolves. Except for he plays with a wing. He's... Yeah. Yep, anyway. Yep, yep. Andrew Tatum. Jason Jason Wiggins. Oh, he wishes it was Tatum instead of Wiggins. <laughs> All right, you're listening to Warriors World Radio. We got one more minute. We got one more minute. Came a little early. Came a little, yeah. Ooh. Pause. Um, <laughs> we cut that one out, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So, all right, Sam. Let's finish out with this. We got a minute left. Warriors play tomorrow against the Thunder. Looney's going to be out, looks like, for a while. You think they're going to win? You think that's a You think that's a game that they're going to win? Here's my better question. More winnable game, OKC or, or New Orleans? I think I think they should split those two games because mm-hmm. it's a road. Which one? Which one do you want more? Want more? No. Which one do you think is more more attainable? Yeah, I think it'd probably be the Pelicans. I think Stephen Adams is is just too big, uh, and I think that. Yeah, I mean, if the Warriors had their normal centers, I'd say OKC is more winnable because they can. But Adams probably gonna get thirty rebounds tomorrow. (laughs) And with that, you're listening. You have listened to Warriors World Radio. Andy Liu, Samus Fendiari. We will see you next time.
Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.